Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It is a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, BowersockTeam.com. That's where you go to get connected with your Longhorn lender. Let Aaron and her team do for you what she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move to Georgetown. Craig has nothing but good things to say about the home loan process, how easy and seamless Aaron made it, the burden she took off of them. So get in touch with Aaron, BowersockTeam.com. Aaron Bowersock is your Longhorn lender. All right, uh, real quick, Cam, again, just to reiterate, Texas and Kansas tomorrow. On the hardwood, 2.30 with the pregame, 3 o'clock tip. It's Craig and Eddie with the call from Courtside at Moody Center. You can hear that game here on the Horn and across the Austin Radio Network. Also, we've got baseball starting tonight, 7.45 with the pregame, 8 o'clock with the first pitch. It is Texas on the road at Cal State Fullerton. No changes to your weekend rotation for the Longhorns. It'll be Lucas Gordon taking that 0.84 ERA to the mound tonight. Zane Morehouse goes tomorrow, and then on Sunday, it'll be Travis Staley looking for his first win of the year. Keep this in mind, though. David Pierce did say after the LSU game that it is not too early to start talking about LBJ, LeBaron Johnson Jr., as a part of the weekend rotation. Maybe for that Sunday role. Charlie Hurley's also coming along. Maybe he can be your long, a long relief guy, maybe a week uh, midweek starter. You got the double midweek coming up next week too uh with Sam Houston and Mercer before you get into a three-game series with Manhattan next week. So where does LBJ fit in? Does Charlie Hurley maybe get the start in what would probably I guess at this point maybe be a bullpen game for one of the two midweek games? Probably more likely that Mercer game. And then you got the three-game series with Manhattan. So if you're Texas, you've got some time to figure some things out before you get to the end of the month when the 24th, 25th, and 26th Texas Tech is going to come to town for a three-game series to open up Big 12 play. Cam, anything top of mind for you uh, as far as baseball goes before we move on? Well, to pick your brain about the rotation with LBJ, like, would do you think it would definitely be Travis Steele that he would obviously Lucas Gordon's number one and Nightmare is probably I don't know if he's locked in at number two, but you think if anything it would be that Sunday spot for LBJ? I, yeah, I, I think so because I, I think Zane Morehouse, based on the work he put in from fall ball through the winter and then through you know preseason, I think this coaching staff feels like Zane Morehouse has earned the right to to work through some things and 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 to get a chance to see if he can be the Saturday guy. Uh, I mean, David Pierce said he thought long and hard about the decision for the Friday night guy between Gordon and Morehouse. I mean, Lucas Gordon's clearly the number one arm on this staff, but I think Zane Morehouse is definitely safely in the weekend rotation. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna send LBJ out to the mound, I think his stuff might play better on Sunday than it would uh, on a Saturday. Or more often than not, Saturday you're either trying to get even in a series or you're trying to go for a win. Uh, the the lower pressure situation. I think would probably be uh, on uh, on Sat on Sunday, so maybe you move him in there. I don't know. It's probably not. It's not going to be this week. Maybe it's the Manhattan series. Maybe you get through next week with the double midweek. You've also got a double midweek the following week with North Dakota State for two games, and then a three game series with New Orleans. So maybe by the time you get to conference, 
maybe you've got that thing sorted out. Uh, Travis Stelly hasn't pitched bad. Uh, yeah, you know, he, defense they, is yeah, awful. The, the comedy of errors in the Vanderbilt game, and then uh, yeah, was let down by his defense uh, in the uh, in the loss to Indiana on Sunday. He did get sad. He got saddled with the loss in both of those games. He was not the reason why Texas lost those games. If there was any decision I question from David Pierce, I felt like he stayed with Staley about an inning too long. Probably should have pulled him, let a, let somebody come out of the bullpen in a, with a clean start, let them come in and start a clean inning. Uh, but that that didn't happen. That wasn't the case, so we'll see what happens. Uh, offense, clearly, you, you've got to get it picked up if you're the Longhorns. They come into this thing, Cameron, batting 214 as a team, 314 slugging, a 337 team slugging, excuse me, a 314 team on base percentage. Uh, and then base running, you got to get better. You're 7 for 11 stolen bases right now, including – the three caught stealing that you had last in that Sunday loss to Indiana last week. So first true road games of the season for the Longhorns. We'll see how they do starting at 8 o'clock tonight against Fullerton. All right, we've put this off long enough. Let's go ahead and hit the Gary Patterson news that we reported yesterday at Horns 24-7. By the way, plenty of good stuff you can get at Horns 24-7. You heard Mike Roach in the last hour with uh, our weekly visit with him, talking all things Texas recruiting. got plenty of Texas recruiting news notes and nuggets up at Horns 24-7. Got the insider. We mentioned a little bit yesterday talking about Tashar Choice. I know we heard Mike's take on Tashar Choice. Talking about him and the insider, though, turning down uh, an approach by the L.A. Rams to maybe take their running backs coaching job on Sean McVay's staff. Uh, He's going to stay at Texas, though. So plenty of news notes and nuggets up at Horns 24-7. But one of those pieces that uh, Chip Brown's byline is on it, reported this yesterday, uh, this is straight from Gary Patterson. He's stepping back from his role as special assistant to Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, you can get the full quotes at Horns 24-7. But uh, I do want to get to one key part of this, though. And this is Gary Patterson talking about Pete Kwiatkowski. Uh Patterson said he really vibed with Kwiatkowski. I'm reading verbatim from Chip's story. said, Patterson said he really vibed with Kwiatkowski. Quote, co- quote, as a coach who built his reputation on doing more with less, I think PK and I have that in common. Uh, Patterson said when he took the special assistant role at Texas, he found himself doing a lot of the same things he did when he was the head coach at TCU. He'd studied film of an upcoming opponent of an upcoming opponent all week and submit his ideas for the game plan to the Texas defensive coaching staff on Sunday. Quote, in time for them to decide if they wanted to use it or not. Patterson said, adding, quote, Sark didn't ask me to do all that. I just wanted to try to help the way I knew how. Uh, GP said he really likes Steve Sarkeesian, likes the way he deals with people. Uh, he taught some things about setting aside time to talk to players, parents, and to talk to re- players, parents, and talk to recruits. So you can get the full rundown from Gary Patterson on why he's choosing to lead Texas. But I want to get to some of these Pete Kwiatkowski cuts because I think it does a really good job of framing kind of what their relationship was like. And look, we know Gary Patterson came in after one of the most uh, one of the most historically bad seasons a Texas defense has ever had. And the bowl game was really the first time we got to talk to PK. Once they, this staff got into games and started game planning and sharing ideas and through a full season. So this first cut we're going to hear that Cameron has prepared. This is Pete Kwiatkowski from the Alamo Bowl just talking about kind of the 30,000-foot view of how he handled Gary Patterson coming onto the staff and what it was like working with him throughout the regular season. I embraced it in the fact that I'm always about what can we do to better ourselves, better the organization, better the defense, and, and having Gary come in, he's a great sounding board, he's been in the league for forever, you know, but obviously a really 
awesome defensive coach, and so his ideas and um, um, were welcome. And so, um, yeah, I get it. Um, I'm a big boy, and I understand. I mean, this is a what have you done for me lately, profession? Um, but so is so is every profession at a at a high level, right? Whether it's a freaking uh, CEO or football coach. Um, so I embraced it and you use it to, to help us get better. All right, if you're ready to nerd out on some X's and O's football. We we talked about this during the season. We talked about it on the show. We talked about it on the Blitz. I wrote about it in Horns 24-7. And I did wonder at times, you know, especially when the, the secondary Texas would have a rough game, I'm like, man, I just wonder if that, you know, that pattern match quarters, that, you know, it's Gary Patterson's done it. You know, Pat Narduzzi is probably most famous for it. I just wonder if, if maybe evolution has made that scheme maybe easier to figure out or if you need to do something else. No, I think Texas maybe just needed some time to really get adjusted to it. We saw what the product looked like in 2021 and then how much better it looked like as 2022 went on. And this is PK talking about some of that pattern match uh, cover four that they were working on and how big of a help Gary Patterson was in helping implement that and get this team to where it ended up being by the end of the season. One of the things that, 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 that he really helped with was when you're playing match quarters, he's seen all the, the – the issues that teams trying to attack you with. So he was he was really good at um, bringing those to our attention, and then um, you know, so our guys, we, so we were seeing them seeing them in practice before we played the game. Sometimes they showed up, and sometimes they didn't. But you know, the guys were seeing all these issues, and now they're they're able to self correct because they know what what issues that offenses can can do to try and attack. You know. Um, that's really good stuff there from Pete Kwiatkowski. Again, that was at the uh, at the Alamo Bowl, uh, talking about Gary Patterson and the impact that he had on the defense this year. And you just look at the numbers, Cam. And what you know what's interesting is I think it just shows you how much better Texas was against the run this year than they were last year because you know they did that they had more teams throwing the ball. They fa- I'll, I'll put it to you like this. The 2021 Texas defense faced 377 official pass attempts. The 2022 defense, 501. Because in 21, teams didn't need to throw the ball. You could run it pretty much wherever you wanted to, however you wanted to against Texas. But just look at the difference. A couple statistics. Yards per play, 6.0 allowed in 2021, 4.9 allowed. You're almost a full yard per play. And Cameron, you do enough statistics. When you're talking about a over a yard difference in yards per play allowed, that is a monumental improvement from one year to the next. Yeah, because it changes your first down run from being a six-yard run to second and four to possibly maybe second and six, second and seven. And that will completely change how your opponent will call the next play. And it also gives more confidence to your defense knowing that, man, we're getting gashed. And two years ago, Texas was getting gashed, Jeff. Yeah. It was, you know, it just felt like, why even throw the ball against us? You can yeah. just hand the ball off to your running back and just go down the field against us. The last year, and I think huge part was development from from Bo Davis' squad and Jeff Choate's linebacker squad because they both did a great job stopping the run with, with Ojimo and Coburn in the middle. We talked about the development of Alfred Collins coming up. And then Jalen Ford, too, felt like he was a really good run-stopping linebacker. I mean, there was only one play, and it was Jameer Gibbs' Long touchdown run, which I think it was Jalen Ford who just took the wrong 
Wrong angle. Yeah, wrong if, you look, if you look at that, uh, I think yeah, Baron Sorrell, I think at the point of attack, okay. is kind of guilty of getting washed inside. Yeah. There were some. There was. It was just a cluster on that. But that, one that was the only run for what felt like the first half of the season. That was like that was a bad run given up. Even or, in the, even in the back half, you had the Kendra Miller run against TCU. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, I mean they were just giving up. They were really good. It, uh, they were more disruptive up front. The defensive line improvement really helped in terms of their run defense. Uh, and when you look at yards per play allowed, because Texas was, they were one of the better defenses in a Big 12, one of the better defenses in the country uh, at eliminating it in terms of yards allowed before contact. There were a lot of games where they're averaging like 0.1, 0.2 yards per carry before contact. Just a really good job by that defense. A couple other statistics that I think are worth looking at, Cam, to your point, yards per carry allowed, 5.1 in 2021, three and a half in 2022. Uh, opponent completion percentage, 67.6 in 2021, 62.9 in 2022. Did a much better job of playing the football, of disrupting the quarterback, disrupting timing, disrupting rhythm. So all of that stuff, and and let's look at the bottom line. You don't want to let, let people in the end zone. Your points per game went from 31.1 allowed in, in 2021 to 21.6. You're almost 10 points per game allowed better one year to the next, and That's a high-scoring conference. You were a better, you were a better, infinitely better, and that goes down to situational football, man. That means you're better. Third down defense, you're better. Fourth down defense, you're better in the red zone. All of that stuff. That's what adds up to being to having one of the in terms of a statistical turnaround. It's one of the best in school history. PK and the staff, obviously, a ton of credit for that. We've talked about player development. It's been there on defense, but Gary Patterson did have a role in helping this defense get things turned around, and that's why this defense looks like they're on a nice trajectory heading into 2023.